This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very excited to have you guys here again with us on this, well, I guess when this is released, it's going to be, what, Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So it's uh, we're really excited for you guys to be here, whether it's right around Christmas or after or whenever you're listening to us, we're very excited for you guys to be here. Another holiday special. Exactly. This week, uh, we're going to be doing some holiday sippers, so things that aren't really, that are not kind of the norm when it comes to just straight spirits that we like to sip on during the holiday season. So dad, what are you doing? I'll be sipping on Pennsylvania Dutch eggnog. Okay. Are you having, what snacks do you have? I have three different snacks. I have what's called Mississippi cheese crackers and they're topped with a pecan. And I have chocolate pecan tassies. And then I have pecan sandy. So it's a big pecan day for me. Oh, yeah. And I'll explain those a little later. What do you have, Josh? I have the Five Farms Irish Cream mm-hmm. as my uh, sipper. And then I've got some puff pastry with speck, uh, goat cheese and leek, some bersola, and some doubler and cheese. So you went sweet. I went savory with our pairings this week. All right. Of course, the drinks are sweet, oh, so yeah. I was doing a match, and you were doing a, a curveball uh, yeah, to, to the of, left or something. A, huh? con- a contrast. Right. So um, let's uh, go ahead. Before we get into it, we need to talk about the blind from last week. So we had oh. beer week last week. Dad blinded a beer. That's right. And he called it Yingling's Amber Ale. I think we'll give you this one, Dad, because it was Yingling's Amber Lager. And I mean, it's kind of tough to tell the the real difference at you know kind of. Well, we c- where you're kept talking at. about Bud Light and Coors, and I should have maybe picked <laughs> up on the fact that those are both lagers. Yeah, they're. And the crispness of the beer itself should have pointed me toward a lager, but oh well, you know. Hey, you know what? I I I'd say that's a victory. That was uh, a, yeah. that was a good pair. That yeah. was a good tasting, Dad. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So we're going to start with the Pennsylvania Dutch eggnog. Well, Josh, what is eggnog? Do you know? We have it every year. It's, I mean, isn't it just some kind of like liquor egg custard kind of thing? Well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's got different names. It's, sometimes it's called a milk punch or an egg milk punch. They're really basically egg, milk, cream and sugar and you and you whip up the egg whites and the egg yolk is sometimes you might throw that away or keep it or whatever and some people get worried because it's raw egg that's in this mixture and then if you do it you you know it's like I said last week it's like you get this eggnog that's in the carton over in the milk area and it has no liquor in it, and you try to mix that liquor up, and it just doesn't seem to do right. But Pennsylvania Dutch has it has it perfect. Right. So throughout Canada and the United States, it's traditionally consumed over the Christmas season, from like October to the holiday season, wherever. They've even in Venezuela and Trinidad, they've been doing it since the 1900s. And in those areas, sometimes they heat it up as a warm drink. Okay. So I've never done that. Yeah. I really like this Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, one of the things that 
I researched is that they're a Dairyland distilling company. What does that mean? Well, I, I kept looking and looking, and that's just who they are. Uh, they're a company in Philadelphia. You know, you could go through here and find the address and all that. But they haven't been doing this very long. It was incorporated on Monday the 16th of September, 1996. So they've only been doing this like 24 years or so. Okay. I kind of got myself acquainted with them. I never did this in Kansas or all the other places we live. Right. But when we moved to uh, Little Rock, you know, I found it and I fell in love with it. It's really really good yeah it's it's a staple and you know i'll whenever i'm in the liquor store and i see it i'll actually like for the first time i'll actually just take i'll snap a picture and send it to send it to my dad because i know he loves it <laughs> he loves it so much like it's been like you said it's a holiday tradition it's always in the fridge between when it shows up and basically when it disappears out of the liquor store well and the neat thing about it like i said almost a minute ago completely was that They've already got the liquor in it. Yeah. It's 14.75% ABV. So like a like a big high-end red or a um, yeah. high-alcohol red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to be boozing up and drinking three or four of these like you're thinking you're drinking milk. And, <laughs> yeah. the, and the thing about this is you don't taste a lot of booze. Okay. You might get a little bit of the brandy. When we, sn- when we sniff it here in a minute, you might smell that. But you're going to smell vanilla and milk. And I like to put nutmeg on top. Some people will put a uh, cinnamon stick. Sometimes I get bold and I use uh, clove. Okay. So, you love clove. Yeah. But those are, you know, those are pretty robust tastes, the nutmeg and the cloves. And so sometimes they kind of overpower it. Mm-hmm. And they don't really mix in with it, so it kind of stays on top, and you, you drink it, and it's pretty good. Yeah. So we have this served neat right now, kind of in a, a cordial, a larger cordial style glass or kind of a decorative white wine glass. And like you say, he put we put nutmeg on top of this one. So when you smell it, you get some of that fresh nutmeg, but you also get kind of that custard. I get a kind of a custardy, a custardy taste. And then some, uh, some of that like, kind of like sweeter brandy, kind of like you were talking about. Yeah, I don't really smell the, the blended whiskey or the rum per se, but right. maybe the brandy. So tell us again, what, what are the liquors that are in this? Rum, brandy, and then it just says blended whiskey. Okay. So, so I assume that's some bourbon because a lot of times when people, when people try to doctor up the product they buy, in the milk yeah. carton area of the grocery store, bourbon's what people use. Right. And I I like the sweetness of Southern Comfort mm-hmm. when I was doing it. But, you know, it's everybody's to their own taste. Right. And, you know, uh, a friend of ours up in Lenexa, Kansas, when he makes his eggnog, he always used ice cream. Oh, wow. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. You remember who I, it is? I, I, Zach, I can't remember who it was, Zach. but yeah. yeah. Rich Zach. Yeah. So, you want to get into a ta- tasting? Yeah, let's go ahead and kind of yeah, give it a taste. Give it, give it a taste. So like gonna, I said, you get you get kind of that sweet custardy in there. Yeah, that's on the nose. Nutmeggy smell. And the other thing is, you said neat, 
I've never heard of anybody <laughs> drinking eggnog on ice. Yeah. It's like, do you put milk on ice? Well, maybe if you've been out in the desert and your milk's warm, maybe you would do that. And you might do that the same way with eggnog, but you want to serve it chilled so you don't need the ice. This came right out of the refrigerator. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I know some people that put milk on ice. Yeah. You know, it's just they like that extra cold. Yeah, okay. Kind of flavor. But it's really good. It's kind of, it's sweet. It's warming. It's very coating. Coating on the mouth. It's like, it's got that like consistency of heavy cream or like a custard. I keep going back to custard. But now, do you get any, you get any uh, alcohol taste with it? Not particularly. I mean, I noticed that there was some extra sweetness. I think I get the alcohol taste on the back end. Right. Down in down in my throat area. And like you said, it it's it's a custard cream milk egg white product, so it's gonna be coating. Right. You use the word coating in your in your mouth and it really does that. I'm gonna take another swig while you snack over there. So these cookies the, Mis- the Mississippi cheese crackers which you picked up, some people make uh what they call straws and they just take this same mixture and I don't have a, a a recipe for it. Joanne made these yesterday. You can make them real thin, like a cracker, or you can make them in the shape of cookies, which this is with the pecan on top, and then you can make them in the shape of just straws, depending on how small you might want them. And there's there's not a whole lot of taste with them. Yeah, they've got some of that good bite of a cheddar cheese. A lot of people will make them spicy. They'll put like cayenne pepper in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, this is a very southern, very cheese straws are a very very southern thing. You yeah, find them as all the over. name says, Mississippi. Right. <laughs> and so we're. Uh, I think it goes really kind of well. That sharpness of the cheddar goes well with kind of that sweet coating uh, flavor of the eggnog and. I mean, honestly, the nutmeg goes well with it, too. Mm. So the, the cheese crackers or cheese straws, they're a real bready tasting, but they do have a lot of that cheese, as you said. And so then it, it kind of coats your mouth. Mm-hmm. Then when you take a swig of that eggnog, you get kind of that sweet on sweet. Like I said, with my, my pairings, I've got the sweet thing going. And it was pecans everywhere. Yeah. Chocolate pecan tassies, you know, that's a takeover of, chocolate instead of the the pecan sandies themselves and so they're not exactly the same but you're going to have a little chocolate taste and again they have a pecan on top so i see you trying one i'll let you continue on with that let's see for i they said 14.75 abv you know that's like we said that's that's up there yeah but it's not actually it well for a liquor it's not actually that high. Um, you know, it's on the level of, like, wine. It's on that level. It's not... Because, I mean, usually when we're talking about liquor, we're talking about, you know, 40, 45, 50%. Right. And, the you know, the price point, I bought the the larger bottle well, of it. I think that's a... Uh, it's a 175. It's a 175, and it was, like, $18. So that's not bad at all when you're thinking about something that has booze in it. No, not at all. And the other thing is, it has a shelf life of seven months. 
Now, you're supposed to leave it in the fridge after you open it, but I guess you could buy these as long as they're around. And if you wanted to put them in a cold pantry that you had, you could do that, and you could drink this year-round if that's what you really wanted to do. (laughs) Is that what you're planning on doing? No, I've never done done that because by the you know, by the time I think about, oh, let me go get maybe the fourth one. I go to the <laughs> liquor store and there aren't any. <laughs> fourth, fourth one. And, I, you know, I Googled and, and tried to find out how much they make. I'm sure they make a lot of it. Oh, yeah. They have to make it. But time. I never found a number of cases or gallons or whatever it might be. It must be distributed basically everywhere. Right. And they talked about even, in, you know. Canadians drink the eggnog as well as we do, so maybe the Pennsylvania Dutch goes into Canada because it's a lot closer to Canada from Pennsylvania than it is to Arkansas. Yeah, you know this is a it's a very widely distributed product. I think even when Maria was out in Seattle, she she would pick it up. Okay, she would pick it up when she's out there. Now the chocolate, what did you call it? A pecan what? Tassie. Pecan tassie. Okay, so it. It has this like kind of pecan pieiness right below it with a with some really really light chocolate. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes well. It did, but this is kind of the nuttiness, the nuttiness of the dessert and the and the eggnog goes goes well together. So, Dad, have you ever made eggnog? No. Have you ever tried to make it? No. I mean, it's I'm I'm sure it's quite easy. I mean, there's a recipe all over the right all over the web on it. I know Elton Brown's got a got a pretty good recipe that people talk about. It's yeah, really okay. good. I've never I've never made it either, um, and I know there's some restaurants here in town that make it. And there was an eggnog competition. Who do you remember that? Like a couple a couple three years ago, and I mean for the past you know three to five years, they've been they've had an eggnog competition here in town. Oh, a lot of people were upset they had to cancel it this year because of COVID. Yeah, and I know. Our friends, the Joyces, and they're Irish. They won it one year. And I don't know what his recipe is, but I think it had a lot of booze in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it did. I know one of the restaurants in town, uh, Brood and Barley, they're selling, they're selling eggnog to go now. Oh, okay. Because you know, COVID, we can sell stuff to go in the state. That we couldn't normally. Yeah, that we normally, <laughs> we normally couldn't out of the restaurant, but thank you. Here's your to-go one list. It's been one of the positives about COVID, at least for us here in Arkansas, is you know, we've been able to open up the liquor law a little bit, which has been nice. And then um, I did not know that eggnog was also called milk punch. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know that. I thought milk punches were just milk and cream and other things. I didn't know they had egg in them. Well, and I just read, you know, I was hurrying up with these notes, but I just read that this Pennsylvania judge has no eggs in it. Okay. That probably gives it that seven-month shelf life. Probably. Uh, that makes a difference. Yeah. The British drink was also called an egg flip, and the nog word, the first known use of the nog, was in 1693. And alternatively, nog may stem from a noggin, a mid-English term for a small, crafted wooden mug. Huh. And I I hadn't heard that before. 
So it was, a, it was a specific drink that went in a specific cup. Right. Interesting. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I've heard of flips before, you know, like a gin flip mm-hmm. and other flip cocktails, but I've never never known them to be – I know they usually have an egg white in them, mm-hmm. but I've never known them to be like like this, kind of that really thick, sweet, sweeter, custardy style. So it's been around a long time. I'm going to try the chocolate. Yeah, I've always thought it was kind of a way for, like, farmers and, um, you know, distillers to kind of get together and use some maybe leftover product that can, like you said, it can be a little stable. It helps stabilize some of the, you know, leftovers of, like, cream and milk because the alcohol kind of stabilizes it. That's right. It doesn't let it curdle. That's what I mean by stabilizing it. And so kind of where i thought it came from it, it went to the british colonies in the 18th century so it's been over here since then yeah and uh, they were putting the brandy and it says and wine in it so that's a new variation on it that i hadn't heard about <laughs> it's almost like a kitchen sink like a kitchen sink drink well pour you a know? little pour, pour a little sherry in there and yeah that'll we got work. a little sherry we got a little leftover you know Vino, we've got a little leftover brandy. You know, that's a little bit left at the bottom of the barrel. You know, let's let's make a let's make a stable drink. Oh, we got these eggs laying around. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like that's kind of the feeling. That's kind of the feeling I get with it sometimes. Right. I'm not personally a huge eggnog fan. Right. Um, I love milk punches. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of really good ones. Uh, one from here in town, and one from out of town. The milk punch that I've had that was my favorite was at a bar in San Francisco called Novella. Yeah, you and Marie talked about that in the yeah, and they cocktail uh, episode. Yeah, they focus on punches, which was which was really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so now, uh, have you had have you had your favorite cookie yet? No. <laughs> What's your favorite cookie? Well, Are you me, really going to ask me about that? <laughs> uh, you haven't had it either. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to agree with you about the chocolate pecan tassie you know you look at it and it looks like this you know chocolate muffin kind of thing but when you get it on the inside it does have that same gooey texture of the pecan pie does joanne said there were a lot of work for only a few of them (laughs) so the pecan sandy you know, you laughed at me last week, and we can laugh some more. It's true. I like the <laughs> the the dough just as almost as well as the cookie. Now the cookies has an advantage because the cookie ends up with some powdered sugar on top. Yeah, the, the dough has to go into the refrigerator. Yeah, in wax paper. So <laughs> if nobody's looking, <laughs> I'm at the refrigerator. Sneak a little bit. Oh, oh come on! It's not even. It's not even that. You'll just walk over when it's being made and well, sneak, when it's being made, grab a little bit. That's one thing. But when you're, you know, you're going in the refrigerator, you got to pull out your knife, your pocket knife, your whatever knife, <laughs> peel the wax paper back, take a little slice on it, take take that piece, and then beat it back into shape so nobody can tell that you cut into it. Yeah, but they all knew. Yeah, we all we all know it's gonna happen. Well, I said, Joanne, uh, what's the recipe? And she said, well, it's in the 1977 Better Homes and Garden Cookbook. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I assume it's, you know, the Better 
Better Homes and Garden Cookbook exists today. You don't have to go to the 1977 version. I assume that the, these pecan sandies are in there. But I did learn something today. It's sometimes called Mexican wedding cookies. Okay. And I've never known that. I didn't know they were the same thing. I've had I've had both. I just didn't know that they were the same cookies. And the other thing she said they're sometimes called is cocoons. I I have heard I have heard about them being called cocoons before. Because they kind of remind you of a, of a, uh, it's know, shaped, a moth or yeah, a, it's shaped sort of like a cocoon the way she rolls them out, right? And uh, they're, you know, it's my favorite. Yeah, you have to be careful though when you eat them because you know they are covered in powdered sugar, and just like anything that's covered in powdered sugar, if you're not careful, if you inhale wrong, you'll inhale a, inhale a mouthful of powdered sugar, and then you'll be coughing it all over the place. Yeah, but it, you know they're really buttery. They're really buttery cookies with the kind of nuttiness in it, which goes really well with the with the eggnog to kind of kind of bring about bring down some of that sweetness a little bit with the fat of the butter. So basically, the recipe—I don't know the the logistics of the ratios—but it's it's flour, sugar, lots of butter, yeah, and then lots of pecans. And you know, she's made these in years past, and. Pecans are so key that if you get pecans that aren't really fresh, it's just a whole different situation. Yeah. Yeah. We just, I think mom just got her first batch of pecans maybe a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. been a really late, bad pecan season here for us in Arkansas. We have, so right outside of maybe about 20 minutes outside of town, there's a, a town called Scott. Scott, Arkansas. It's a big farming community. And one of the things that they grow a lot of are pecans. And when you drive out there, you just see rows and rows of like pecan orchards. And you can always tell when it's a pecan when it's a pecan orchard because they are in perfect they're in perfect rows. Mm-hmm. And they're big, big trees. Yeah, yeah. they're really big. Uh, we have a friend who's got a, you know a pecan tree in his yard. Yeah, um, Charlie, and he <laughs> sometimes he gets you know a big bumper crop and. He'll hand them out all over the place, and sometimes he doesn't get very many at all. Like well, you said, this was, year was a bad year. Yeah, he was telling me it's every other year. Yeah. One year's a good year, and the next year's a bad year. But some years, but some years are really good. Yeah, some he years. has years that there's plenty for him and the squirrels, and anybody that needs pecans, he gives them. Yeah. He, he, uh, he trades lots of pecans to Joanne for these pecan sandies. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty fair trade. Yeah. Pretty fair trade, I would say. Well, fun fact here is that uh, the first U.S. president, George Washington, served an eggnog-like drink to visitors, which included rye whiskey, rum, and sherry. Okay. And his recipe was one quart of cream, one quart of milk, one dozen tablespoons of sugar, and one pint of brandy, and a half a pint of whiskey and a half a pint of Jamaican rum, and a quarter pint of sherry. It sounds like it's mostly booze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite part of the recipe was the, t- the, the dozen tablespoons of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, don't know. What, the, I don't what's know. that conversion at that point? Well, <laughs> if, if I said cups on the, on the whiskey, I meant to say pints. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, maybe they didn't have a cup back then. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve, a, d- a dozen tablespoons. 
Well, that, you know, I could go on and on. There's lots of notes here about eggnog, but I'm out of eggnog at this point. I probably don't need any more. I forget what the calorie count is. Oh, it's the holidays. We don't talk about and the calorie it's count. Not on the bo- it's not here, and we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, it's the holidays. <laughs> but, we, don't worry, we don't worry about calorie but, count. But calories, calories are up. Well, of course. All right, well, we're going to. We're we gonna move on. John. We're gonna move over to the Five Farms Superior Irish Cream. So we this have, is, we have an Irish friend. She calls it Irish crack. Yeah, I mean this is <laughs> so I love Irish creams. Irish creams were one of the first things I really kind of got into when it came to liquors because I would I would drink them when I smoked cigars, and because it would kind of cleanse out my palate, and I yeah. could get the cigar every time. And I really fell in love with them then. And this is probably one of the best ones that I've had. So this comes from Ireland. It comes from the county of Cork in Ireland, which is the southern, the southernmost county in Ireland. And they call it five farms because the cream only comes from five different farms. Okay. Grass-fed cows, you know, and it's, to me, it's extraordinary. Also with our snacks, we have some little puff pastry bites with leek, goat cheese, and speck. We have some Beersola, which is a air-dried salt-cured beef. And then we have some Dubliner cheese. Now, the Dubliner cheese is an Irish cow's milk cheese. Um, so, it's uh, kind of... we're kind of excited to try these together. Yeah. So, let's go for the cheese and then the meat, and then we'll do the, the oh, little okay. kind of hand pie itself. So, we forgot to talk about the clarity on looking at these glasses. And, of course, you can't see through these two drinks oh of course not and the eggnog i suspect you know we got listeners places that i don't know if they've had eggnog but it's it's that creamy yellow color now this drink is a light brown yeah again you can't see through it you don't see bubbles coming up in either one of them the nose on that as we said on the eggnog was very creamy and uh, I'm going to take a little nose on this Five Farms. Yeah, so you get, to me, you get that, like, it's really sweet. You get that, like, good cream kind of smell on it. And, but you get some of that depth from the whiskey. What are you smelling? I really don't smell the whiskey in either one of these. But I, I smell booze. Well. I, I smell a boo, I smell a booziness. It, it's down in there. So I'm trying to figure out. You know, the first thing I smell in the eggnog is the cream. The This one, you don't really get that cream smell, and it's sort of uh, more earth, earthy, maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so these are, like I said, these are grass-fed cows. County Cork is known to be a very, very fertile, fertile place in Ireland. They're known for dairy production. Mm-hmm. So they're known for cheese-making, dairy, cream. All that coming about, and they call them, they call it because you know they're they're free. I guess you could say free range cows, but you know they're cows that that just graze and wander all day. So they call them happy cows. Yeah. Uh, they, they say that their happy cows produce some of the highest quality milk and kind of bring that wonderful richness and kind of that consistent earth. Kind of, you know, I always get kind of an earthiness from grass fed, mm-hmm. especially grass fed beef. Well, they probably can graze all they want to because there's no fences except for those rock fence. <laughs> rock exactly. Rows. 
And those are, it's amazing. They go everywhere all over Ireland. Yeah. Most, uh, most fences, what he's talking about in Ireland are actually, most land dividers are rock. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a lot of forest to make fence, <laughs> to make fence posts. So, but there are a lot of rocks in the ground. So they'll take the rocks and make, make the kind of the, the property dividers. That's exactly what it was too, property. So what do you, what do you think about the cheese and, and the five farms? The cheese and, and the five farms, they, they really pair well. I mean, they're not the sweet, sweet, but really in a way they are because this, this cheese doesn't have a whole lot of sweetness, but what little it has mates really well with, with five farms. Yeah. And so. then, like you said, it, this cheese has some, some barnyard earthy flavor to it. Yes. It's really, really good. Yeah. So this is a cheese that, that comes from outside of Dublin, which is a little bit farther north. And it is a cow's milk cheese. It's a hard, I kind of say it's kind of like a cheddar style, um, but it doesn't have all that extra bite. It's got a lot of nuttiness. It's got some sweetness to it and a little bit of that sharp bite, which I think goes, that nuttiness is what goes really well with the, with the, the five farms. Now, kind of why I picked what I picked was, you know, I knew these were going to be sweet. So I kind of looked for things that I knew went with sweet. So we've got salty, we've got earthy, we've got fattiness that are I believe are going to go really well in some tang as well. That's going to go well with the with the the very very sweetness that comes from these drinks. So and when you taste it, I do taste more alcohol. I think with the five farms than the eggnog. Yeah. I, do you know the ABV of the five farms? It is. It is seventeen percent alcohol. Yeah. See, I perceive that three yeah. percent different. Yeah. So we're talking. <laughs> well, you did. So we're, but we're talking. So like the difference between a, like, uh, kind of like a Napa cab, you know, running about fourteen, fifteen percent, and, you know, a really hot Zinfandel. Yeah. You know, big, 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 big wines here. But one. So this all this is is it's cream or milk and Irish whiskey. Now, the whiskey's made from the same region as well, and it's triple distilled Irish whiskey. Okay. That, that they kind of, that they mix with the, with the cream that kind of, they say kind of adds some of that depth, that depth to it. They go real well together, Josh. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of really, really digging on this pairing. Cause it, it is good. It kind of, kind of refreshes you a little bit. I have that. I had some eggnog, because I think this cheese would go really well with the egg. Yeah. It kind of gives you that that contrast that kind of wakes your palate up and doesn't kind of give it kind of give it that comatose feel. Well, so that nuttiness is what's surprising. Right. So like I said, um, five farms, it, it's named because it comes the, the milk and the cream, the dairy comes from five family owned farms in Cork, and only five, only these five farms. And I think it's really cool because on their website, they actually talk about all five farmers in all five farms and you can actually like see pictures of the oh, cows cool. and the land yeah that's on them you know they yeah. say the cows are grazing 300 300 days out of the year for mostly you know in the summer they can be out for you know 20 or 80 day, up to 80 days at a time just wandering around wandering around eating the lovely luscious grass that they have out there and so it, uh, you know, it's really cool to see that they're that they actually take time and recognize the actual farmers 
that are making the product. And, you know, like I said, County Cork is down in the, in the bottom, it's the most Southern region in, in Ireland. So that means it's right on the coast. Mm-hmm. So you have all this Atlantic influence mm-hmm. from it with the winds and the salt in the air and all that, you know, a couple of these, you know, a couple of the farms are, you know, a couple hundred feet away from the ocean, <laughs> which I thought was, which I thought was really cool. You know, it's it's really cool. If you if you if you get a chance, I'd suggest go out and check it on their website. But you know, Irish cream has been made for hundreds of years in Ireland because it was a way it was a way to kind of use to help each other use some of those the leftovers kind of in that in that mm-hmm. lean time. And you know, it kind of help distill and bring some of that together because we know, you know, Gaelic a whiskey comes the word right. whiskey is from Gaelic and it means kind of the water of life. And so they kind of bring all this in and use some of what they've already got to kind of help out and enhance each other. And I think, you know, I just think it's really, really, really good. Um, I saw you take, take some of that beer sola uh, in, um, in some of the five farms. What do you think about that? I hadn't put the fine farms with it, but it's not real salty. But there's enough salt in there that I think it's going to pair well to bring out the sweetness mm-hmm. instead of with the salt of the contrast. Yeah, it's kind of got a smoky earthiness to it. And there's a really intense, really intense kind of beefy flavor to it. And you slice it real thin. Yeah. I think if that was sliced thicker, we'd have, we'd have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite, kind of one of my favorites. Uh, charcuterie out there is is Birsola. you get that with um, at hams yes i did yeah they're a good place yeah we have a local place in town that makes this in-house uh you can find it in other in some other deli sections it's made by a different company but this is actually house made by the guys over at ham which are they're awesome over there so that's a that's another good pairing I yeah mean, it's a contrast i kind of get more of the um the alcohol more of that richness of the alcohol and the, like the whiskiness comes out. So I don't know if it bringing it out or if that we've been sipping enough that that we're getting more of that alcohol taste. I, you know, I I kind of like to think that the pairing is actually bringing it out. Some yeah, of that. I think you're probably right. That richness of the beef is kind of going with the the sweetness of the of the Irish cream, and then just leaving that kind of good taste of. The good taste of the whiskey. Well, and I get more earthiness from it because that that beef has more character of the earthiness. It's hard to say that it's more earthy than the cheese, mm-hmm. but I but I think I'm getting more. And yes, I'm getting more of the alcohol, like you said. Right. But yeah, this is I I love this stuff. It's relatively new to our market, and it's what the five farms. Yeah, the five yeah. farms to our market, but it's been around for a while. So there's a big, uh, there's a big, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's really can call it a convention, but like place, uh, a time where liquors are rated and it's the ultimate spirit challenge. And back in 2018, uh, this actually won, got 97 points. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is extraordinary for, uh, anything for anything, but especially in Irish cream, you know, cause it's, it's not a. It's not kind of a normal thing that you would. Yeah, it's not a mainstream drink. You know, you might have a a liqueur after a big meal, or you might have an Irish cream. 
but it's not something that you're drinking all the time, like with happy hour. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the eggnog. It's like kind of a seasonal maybe. Right. And it's, you know, it's the highest, it's the highest score that this type of beverage has, has ever gotten. So they, oh, well, okay. they've, uh, they've started calling themselves the world's best Irish cream. Well, why wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. And this is another thing that's all, uh, that's all farm to table. You know, we've talked about how, you know, the fam- the family farms, the whiskey being made there, the happy cows and all right. that. But they really, they really take pride in, in the work that they do to keep everything, mm-hmm. you know, as hands off as they can. Right. You ready to do the last? Yeah. The last little taste. Explain this again. So what I did was I uh, sautéed some leeks in butter. Yeah. And then mixed it with some goat cheese mm-hmm. and cut some puff pastry. Yeah. And then I put a piece of speck. Which is this one is coming from the belly, dried smoked pork product. Put it on the bottom, put the cheese on top, and then baked baked it in the oven. And so to give you kind of a uh kind of like an appetizer little bite. Yeah. But it, that's that's all it is. You know, it's it's fairly simple. It's a something I could see, you know, taken to a party really easily. Yeah. Didn't take me very long to make. I got a little toasty toastiness with the smell of it. Yeah. And you said so it's going to have some saltiness too, right? Yeah, that and that good pork flavor. Mm-hmm. But then the acid and the oniony flavor from the from the kind of cheese mixture. And that that goat cheese, oh, that's got some good, yeah, some good souring flavor. Yeah, that just rounds out that Irish cream really well. Oh, it does. Now, Josh, that alcohol disappeared. I know because of that. I think because of the goat cheese, right? Something did. I'm not sure what made it happen, but I think it's just it just disappeared. I think it's just how it all plays really well together. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of hitting. You know, now we're hitting on all cylinders. You know, fat, acid, salt. You know, we're hitting all those, all those flavor profiles, and then adding in the sweet. Mm. You know, that's that's really good. I kind of wanted to show that you know. Even though you have sweet beverages, you don't always have to put sweet stuff with it. You know, I would love to have these at a party, you know, or mm-hmm. kind of even an, even an after dinner situation where if you don't want to eat something sweet, right? if you like something more savory at the end of the meal, this could be a good little to bite for you while you're having, while you're having a sweeter drink at the, end of, at the end of the night. And some of that Imperial Rosé, Rosé <laughs> Imperial would have gone well with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I did two versions of these. Oh, you did? Um, mm-hmm. So I had them with the speck. And then I also made some with duck ham, which was really good. Brought some of that smoky fattiness and that rich earthiness of the duck. Mm-hmm. But kind of thought the speck was better. So we did the speck okay. for, the, okay. for the podcast, and I'll just eat the other ones at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Oh, come on. I mean, I mean, of course I'm going to eat them. I'm not just going to leave them right. lying around. No. So, blame you. so what do you think? What do you think is kind of your favorites of the night, of the tasting? I tell you what, Josh. That's a hard decision on, on your choices there. Let's see. I think that puff pastry was number one. Mm, mm-hmm. I wish we'd started with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And honestly, the beef and the, and the cheese were good. Yeah. But I think the cheese, because of that nuttiness that it brought out, 
I think it's second. Cool. Yeah, for me, definitely, I think the um, the puff pastry was number one, and I really enjoyed the beef with it because it yeah it kind of it, it brought us a different element, and I really really just like the beef itself. Now with yours, I think my favorite was the pecan sandy with the eggnog. That butteriness, yeah, kind of did really really well, and the nuttiness, like like with all of them, the nuttiness. That's why I made it last, because if we started with it, we'd keep snacking on those pecan sandies, <laughs> or at least I would. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what, what was your favorite? Pecan sandy. Okay, cool. I mean, the the chocolate tassie was amazing. Yeah. Like you noticed, the, it's almost like a pecan pie. Yeah. Well. I think we're about uh, ready to head into think, the blonde. Yeah, I don't think I have any more questions for you. Cool. We'll smooth into the blonde. All right. All right. All right, I'm going to be using the Wine Education and Spirits Trust Level 3 Systematic Approach to Tasting Spirits. Okay, so this liquor is clear. You can see all the way through it. Uh, It is a golden yellow, kind of a golden rod, so a little bit deeper. Um, Kind of secondary colors, maybe a little bit of yellow. Like I said, it's it's completely clear. Uh, I mean, besides the color that's in it. Um, on the nose, careful. It is clean. It is moderate and moderately intense. Uh, there's quite a bit of alcohol in it. That's a liquor, Josh. Um, there's definitely some. There's definitely some oak aging going on here, and it not just because of the color, but on the nose as well. Yeah, I smell that oak. It's kind of hard to tell. Vanilla. It's kind of hard to tell what. What it's made of. There's some extra sweetness in there, kind of molassesy sweetness. Makes me initially think possibly rum, uh, but we'll kind of wait for the for the taste. It's definitely all those wonderful baking spices, some vanilla, some clove, some nutmeg going on. Yeah, it's very it's very clean. Um, not really that sweet on the palate. Smooth. Yeah, alcohol is definitely definitely up there. Finish is a little bit short on it. Once again. Oak aging, but not a whole lot. I'm gonna say, it's still so hot. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's kind of it's tastes a little bit more grain, more grain based. Uh, so like a barley kind of based little spirit. You know, I take that back. Now that I'm tasting it a little bit more, the softness of the wood characteristics. I think it's been aged for for a good bit of time. Going on to it, it's it's complexity is pretty straightforward in it. Bloom it with a little bit of water. Yeah, yeah. The wood comes out a little bit more with this. Um, kind of lets me know it's been aged for a while, even though the color's not super deep. This very well constructed. It's well balanced. It's it's complex. There's stuff. There's stuff going on in there, but nothing is really shouting out over each one another. Um, so it's definitely had some time to mellow. I am gonna go ahead and say that this is a Scott. Um, I'm gonna say this is probably in the 12 to 15 year old range. I am not gonna be. I'm not gonna go ahead and say what distillery it's from. <clears throat> you're saying it's Scotch, so you're saying Scotland, right? Yes. Okay. This this is a Scottish whiskey. If I had to guess. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's come back next time and see. Oh, uh, that's your final. That's it. Oh, that, <laughs> boy, that a, I mean, it's it's a 10 to 15, I think it's a 10 to 15 year old Scotch. Okay. Um, I'm not really gonna call what it's from, or I, I, I don't know. I don't know well enough to say what type of barrel it was in, or if it was in multiple barrels. So yeah. Okay. 
All right, super excited once again about next week. We're heading again into wine, and we're going to be doing German wine this time. Boy, that sounds like fun, Josh. I know. I'm very excited. You know, I don't I don't really do a whole lot of German wines. What are you thinking you're going to do? I'm going to be doing a most likely a Cabinet Riesling from Selbosch Oster. Oh, okay. What about you? I think I'm going to do a, a Spat Burgunder, which is really a Pinot Noir. Okay, cool. You know me and Pinot Noirs. Yeah. So I want to compare this to maybe uh, Willamette Valley. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to try one of their Spate Begunders. Um, you know, not really, not a whole lot, not a whole lot tasted when it comes to German wine. Most of the time they think of just, you know, the Riesling, Riesling, Riesling. That's right. Um, but I'm super excited to uh, to try some German wine and, and uh, chit-chat a little bit about it. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. So once again, thank you guys for listening. It's been a crazy uh, six months that we've been doing this, and um, you know we're we're really loving seeing seeing what's going on uh, here. Six we, months. It's been it's been that long. I think so. We started kind of in July. Yeah. So uh, it's been about six six uh, five six months. Oh, uh, this episode we're doing is going to be number twenty six. Yeah, so so or, we've been. Uh, Maybe next next right. So uh, so it's been it's been really good. I uh, we thank you guys for spending you know time with us every week. Uh, we I know that we uh, we make you hungry a lot when you listen to us. Yeah, uh, we heard that today. <laughs> Somebody was uh, waiting to do something, and and she said, "I shouldn't listen to these guys when you're hungry." Yeah. And we've how many times have we said that, Josh? Oh, I know it's it, it's one air. of those it's one of those things. But uh, we enjoy that you guys are taking a listen to us during the holiday season. I hope you guys are able to get some rest, take some breaks. Yeah, be safe. Yeah, pick up one of these. You know, pick one of your favorite podcasts and maybe sit down and do it with some friends. It would be uh, right. be lots of fun for you to kind of go through, even though you're kind of stuck at stuck at home and can't really go out and visit family like like we normally do. Find some stuff to make it fun. We've done this before. Yeah, well, we've done pairings before at the holidays, and it's it's a fun time, a fun time with family and friends. Once again, give us a follow on all the socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Give us a like and a subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you guys. I guess after the next one comes out, it's going to be the it'll be the new year. Pretty close. Wow, so going to be crazy. So once again, I'm Josh Mills, and I'm John Mills, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, and goodbye.